let's go ahead and get in the Word of God. Psalms 34, chapter 34 and verse 18. And then we're going to be going to Matthew 16, chapter 16 and verse 24 as well. As well. Praise God. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. That's who God is. That's His heartbeat. That's what He does. He loves the brokenhearted. He loves the weary. He loves the people that don't have it all figured out. The people that can't figure it all out. The people that don't have the, all the answers. That's who God draws near to. Amen. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. I'm going to be preaching for a little bit this morning under this title, The Beauty of the Broken. Beauty of the Broken. Amen. Can we pray together? Lord, I love you and I thank you for your sweet presence that we feel in this place. God, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. God, I pray, Lord, you open our hearts. God, let us become vulnerable to you today. Let us take away the layers, the things, the facades, the masks that we may be carrying today, Lord. And let us just surrender ourselves to you, God. You have us in the midst of your hand, God. And there's no better place than to be than right there. God, do your will. Remove any distraction, any hindrances, God, and let your will be done. And everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. The beauty of the broken. C.S. Lewis said something, and it, and it goes like this. He said, pain is not good in and of itself. What is good in any painful experience is for the sufferer, it's for his submission to the will of God. And for the spectators, it's the compassion aroused and the acts of mercy to which it leads. You see, pain in and of itself is not a good thing. But when you put God in the midst of the pain, Good things come from pain. Amen. He also said that God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Amen. If we could ever say there's a time when there's a lot of pain, it's today. This world is suffering. America is in a storm today. It is crazy what we see today. In America, I never would have thought that it would happen the way that it's happening right now. And there are people all in this world that are full of pain. They're hurt. They're suffering. They're, they're victims of a world that is godless. Can I just say it like that? The pain that they feel, it's not God-induced pain, but it's sin-induced pain. It's the repercussions of a sinful world. You can't help but when you take God out of a situation, there's going to be anguish and regret. And that's what we see today in this world that we live in. It's full of pain and hurt people, as we often have heard, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. And that's what we see today. If you look back in your life, you've noticed there are many people that you grew up with that are not here today. There are people that you grew up with as a child, as friends, in the church. Different areas, different places in your life. They're not here today. They're not living for God. They're not doing anything for the kingdom of God anymore. Who they are has completely changed. And it's sad to say, but often it was because of hurt. It's because of things that came into their life. Circumstances, situations in which they were hurt. 
torn apart, destroyed. And it wasn't necessarily the hurt that destroyed them, but it's, it's, it's what we do with the hurt that dictates what our outcome will always be. Can I be a little open this morning? You see, there's a difference between being broken and being wounded. See, I have a lot of animals. I love, I love animals. I've always loved animals. And I've got horses. And, and I've got a horse that he, he's what we call broke. He's broke. This animal I trust with my children. I trust with, with my, my dogs, my other animals. I know he's a good animal because his spirit had been broken. His self-will and, and the way that he thought, it had been, it's been broken to where he understands that I am his master. And that any other person that's around him, he is to respect because I am not going to tolerate any kind of disobedience or, or a bad attitude or anything that's dangerous. You see, he's broken. And because he's broken, now I can use him. I can use him to, to rope cattle. I can use him to go on trails. I can use him for my pleasure. And I can enjoy being in his presence because he's broken. I don't have to worry, what is this crazy thing going to do? I've been on horses to where an hour of riding, I'm so wore out because I don't know what this crazy thing is going to do. But you see, a wounded animal is completely different than a broken animal because a wounded animal, even though it may be tame and docile and, and, and good-mannered, but when, when it's wounded, something happens. A personality change occurs. You see, I have a little chihuahua dog. His name is Little Man. He's got the heart of a big man. Now, he knows not to mess with Daddy because I don't put up with that mess. But you see, there's sometimes his teeth begin to hurt. He's an older dog. And I understand, even though he's a good dog, when his teeth begin to hurt, he gets a little grumpy. I know that I need to be a little careful around little man. Because he's in pain. And when you're in pain, you don't act right. When you're in pain, you, you get defensive and you start protecting yourself. And you, you start taking care of yourself because you don't want anything or anybody to hurt you. Where your pain is. Amen? And that's the difference between being wounded and being broken. I'm here to tell you about a man named Samson who was a man that wasn't broken, but yet he was a man that was wounded. He was a man that suffered pain. You know, he was a married man. He had a woman that, that God chose for him to marry. He was going to marry this woman. He, it, was, it was the one, the Bible says, it was God's will. And we understand also that Samson was a knucklehead. He didn't always make the right decision. He was a little prideful, a little hot-headed. And his own decisions caused her and her father to be burned alive. How can I say he was wounded? I can tell you he was wounded by the words he spoke. When he came back and he realized what happened, he said, I will avenge. You see, a wounded spirit always wants to avenge Whatever it is that hurt them. We got to be careful. We can't justify going after things. After people. After personalities. After issues. It's not our will. It's not God's will for us to avenge. But it's God's will for him to always avenge. 
And yet Samson had a wounded spirit. It didn't make sense to him. And rightfully so. When you get hurt, it doesn't make sense. But Samson, he got hurt. He took vengeance. Full of pride, he became wounded. He did it his way. And we understand the rest of his life, even with Delilah, all he tried to do was cover up his wounded spirit. What do you think pleasure in this world is? It's just a cover-up for the hurts and the anguish of the broken hearts that dwell in people. I've been there as a young boy, wounded and hurt. As a young man trying to drink away all the hurt and anguish. I'm telling you, it's, uh, the deeper the hole you dig to try to bury it, the more dirt you got to unbury to uncover it in order for God to heal it. I know this is a little different for a Sunday morning, but this is the word that God gave me for this hour. What could Samson have done if he would have gave that pain that he felt when his wife-to-be was burnt alive and his father-in-law was burnt alive? What could he have been? If he would have been like David, when David lost everything that God gave him, his very men were about to turn on him and stone him. What did David do? David ran, encouraged himself in the Lord, and then sought after the direction that God had. God, what will you have me do? I know what my flesh wants to do. I know what I, if I could ever justify doing what I want to do, it would be right now. But God, what do you want me to do? That's the voice of a broken spirit. Knowing that no matter what goes wrong in your life, knowing no matter what happens in your life, God is still the one to trust. God is still the one with the answers. My flesh doesn't hold answers, but the presence of God and the voice of God is the one that holds the answers. What could have Samson done if he would have sought after the face of God? Oh God, what will you have me do? And God would have said, pursue the Philistines. But you understand, the same anointing would have been there. But, you see, he still did the will of God. He still did the will of God by killing the Philistines. But you see, his heart would have been different. And I guarantee you, the anointing would have been different. Because with a broken spirit and a wounded spirit, the hearts are completely different. Saul wasn't broken. Saul was another man that was not broken yet prideful. Saul was a man called of God with a great purpose. It was sad that the children of Israel said, God, make us a king. The scripture says, I made them a king when I was their king. How sad is it to replace God Almighty with a person? But yet, that's what the children of Israel did because they looked in the world and they saw all the other kingdoms that had kings. And they wanted to be like the world. They didn't realize that their king was the king of kings. So Saul came into the equation. A good man, a godly man. But Saul was prideful. Saul was arrogant. He was full of pride. He was full of, of understanding. He had a better way of doing things. 
The Amalekites. This, this wasn't necessarily the thing that destroyed it all, but this was a big part of it. The Amalekites, God said, destroy all of them, kill the king, kill everything. But Saul did it his way. See, a wounded spirit, we want to do it our way. A wounded spirit can justify anything. God repented for making him ever king. Amen. I knew a lady in a church one time, sweetest lady in the world. She had a great spirit. But circumstances came into her and her life with her children and her husband. Something happened to her little baby. And something came into her that I'd never seen before. This woman that had a smile. An older lady, she would smile. And everybody, it would just light up a room. You know what I'm talking about. One of those smiles that when that person came in, everybody was just happier. They laughed a lot. They were full of joy. But something happened in that lady's heart. She got wounded. And that same lady that used to light up the world, now whenever she would come to the room, it was a whole different feeling. Everything that you would say, she would manipulate. Everything that was preached, it was, it was wrong. She would nitpick every preacher. She would nitpick every sermon. She had lost the fear of God. I'm glad to say that about three years later, she allowed God to work in the midst of that. And God, see, God doesn't, God doesn't hold grudges. All you've got to do is repent. And God says, all that mess you did, all that mess, all that time that you wasted, it's all void. From here on out, I'm behind you 100%. I'm loving you like you never messed up a day in your life. And that's what God did to that precious lady. God overlooked all that mess, all the stuff, all the trouble she started. And when she finally gave it over to God and allowed God to get her spirit broken and malleable, God healed her spirit. God made her the happy woman again. God rescued that sweet family. And the ministry that they have today is outstanding. Was it the circumstances? Absolutely not. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. The same stuff that we go through as a human being in the church, the world goes through it. The difference is we've got a God and we've got each other. The world is out there all on their own. They're lost. They're lonely. They don't have a map nor a compass. And I'm here to tell you, in the house of God, there's no room for a wounded spirit. There's no excuses for a wounded spirit. But there's room and availability for a broken spirit. God doesn't always do it the way we see fit or the way that we think he ought to do it. Joseph, a great man called of God with great purpose. Given great dreams, dreams that his own brothers were jealous of. Nobody likes a show-off, especially the little brother show-off. Joseph was that guy. Joseph believed wholeheartedly what God gave him the visions of and the dreams of. But yet, the dream didn't talk about him being sold into slavery, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, thrown in prison, forgotten. I'm here to speak to all you ministers, young ministers, whoever you are. You're never forgotten by God. You know, the thing about seasons is that they come and they go. He had to go through seasons. See, he under, if he would have got a wounded spirit, he would have been bitter towards God. 
But you see, he had a broken spirit and God had him through all those circumstances because God had to get him training he wasn't going to get anywhere else. God had to get him trustable in a manner where he could be trusted. Think about it. Forgotten and lifted up to second in command of Pharaoh. All the things that God promises us, I'm telling you, they come not ever through a wounded spirit, but it comes through a broken spirit. See, in the time between his vision and fulfillment was a time of brokenness. Brokenness is dying to self. It's submission to something else. The key to being broken and not wounded is submitting to God's will for your life and letting him have vengeance. Vengeance is never ours to be taken. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. A broken man understands, oh God, I know what my flesh wants to do, but God, what do you want me to do? Pursue, David. Then I'm going to pursue. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Jesus in Mark 14, 36 said, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take, a, take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. God Almighty robed himself in flesh, felt the desires of flesh, the confusion, if I could say of flesh, the heaviness of flesh, but you see, he still knew his purpose. He didn't want to be crucified. He, he felt the fear, the emotions that we would all feel. But he also felt his purpose in the midst of that. But even he said, if it's possible, remove this from me. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, if you can't do it, God, but if not, then I'm going to do whatever it is you want me to do. I'm going to die to myself. God, take away this pain that I feel, the memories that I feel, but nevertheless, God, I'm still going to surrender it to you whether you do or you don't. God, make that relationship better. God, do whatever you've got to do to heal. I had a grandmother. I never knew the stuff that you, you know when you're a child and you hear stories, you just don't get it. You don't get the heaviness. You don't understand what it's like to lose a child until you've got, got a child. Then you say, oh God. My grandmother had the, the, the best spirit you could ever imagine. We called her Mimo. The sweetest spirit you could ever imagine. My grandfather was a UPC preacher. Up in New Mexico in the panhandle. He died before I was ever born of cancer. She was a widow. But one thing I, I grew up and I understood that, that not only did she, was she a widow, but she lost a daughter to cancer. She lost a son. And then she had a stillborn baby boy at nine months. One of those things is heavy enough to make us question God. In the last five months, I've met two people that have quit coming to church because they lost a loved one and they didn't understand why, so they gave up on God. 
Yet this woman lost everything. And one thing she never gave up on was God. And not only that, but she kept the right spirit. She loved God. And she loved the people of God. And you know, you want to know what came out of all that, that beautiful, the beauty and the broken spirit that she had? Her, her son was backslidden, an alcoholic, a backslidden preacher, not living for God. And on his deathbed, he prayed back through the Holy Ghost, was on fire for God, and it was just a couple weeks later that he passed away. What would have happened if she would have been bitter in her spirit? He wouldn't have known what to go to. I'm telling you. The same thing to her daughter. Now living for God. Being married multiple times. Not even taking care of her own son. Yet in the last years of her life, she turned her heart to God and started living for God. You, talk, you don't want to know what mercy is. Mercy is not living the way you want to live and thinking God's just greater and He overlooks your sin. Mercy is living a life, but yet on your last days, God moving on your spirit and you making a decision to live for God and then Him taking you. That's true mercy. God uses life's unexpected turns to purge us. If we allow him with a broken spirit, all God is doing is he's, he's turning our hearts away from self-reliance. Look in the world. You see where that gets you. And it gets you to a place where you can trust him. Bad things are going to happen to us either way, whether you live for God or not. But you see, God can take those horrible things it brings such beauty out of those things. He can bring such beauty from those terrible circumstances. You see, the beauty of the broken is that in person, that the person who obtains it is a person who God can use and trust. Let's think about this. This isn't in my notes. But the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, standing before men who were ready to stone her. Why do you think she was in the midst of that lifestyle? She was, she was wounded. You don't get in that kind of lifestyle from having a good father and a good, good mother. She was wounded. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. Something that she never had probably as a child. That's humanity. She found a place and she was being accused about to be murdered by men that were full of sin themselves. Yeah, it was hidden, so it was okay. Jesus came up. He said, all right. Whoever doesn't have any sin, you can cast the first stone. My wife brought this to my attention a few weeks ago. You know the only one that could have stoned her was Jesus. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to, instead of destroy this vessel full of sin, I'm going to give her what she was looking for, and that's unconditional love. And maybe that will cure the love that she's looking for. She was broken. She was broken. He said, go and sin no more. 
Go and sin no more. So whenever you become broken, when you become broken, you become people that God can use, people that God can trust when you have a broken spirit, when you allow the heartaches of the world, the circumstances that are unfair, when you allow them to to just break you and not get you wounded, you become Joseph's. You become Stephen's. You become David's. Esther's. You become Mary's and Martha's. I look at the men in my life that I look up to. They've all gone through terrible things. Not because they're a part of the church, but because they're a part of this world. You can't expect. Living for God doesn't make you bulletproof. You're going to go through things. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not just saying because you're in the church, you're going to go. You're going to go through it. But when we are a part of the church, we've got something the world doesn't have. We've got a God that can take the mess, the stuff that we go through, and fabricate beauty out of it. He can fabricate beautiful things out of the mess that we go through. How do I turn this heartache, this confusion, this turmoil into victory? The Bible says, cast your cares. 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast your cares upon him. I love that scripture. But the second part of it, is what validates the beginning of it. It says, for he careth for you. I'm not going to go to somebody and tell them what I'm going through just because they want to hear. But we as people, we go to places and we go to people and we talk to people about our issues because we trust them. And why do we trust them? Because we know they care for us. You see, there's an element of trust that we've got to have as the church. David trusted. He trusted God. You know why he trusted God? Because he'd been through so much mess in his life that made no sense at all. The things that he's seen, the persecution from his own father-in-law. Saul was his father-in-law. He could have got bitter. Well, God, this ain't what you said. You, you, this ain't what you said. This ain't what you told me you were going to do. But he understood, I, I got no control of this. God, I'm going to trust you. So, God, I'm giving you all my cares. And we as a church, what God is simply asking us to do today and what we've got to continue to do for the rest of our life is no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've already lived through, no matter what's going on in your mind, God is saying, give me them cares. Give me your heartache. Give me your bitterness. Give me your everything. It doesn't matter how nasty of a heart you may have. I just need it because if you'll give it to me, then I can make something beautiful out of it. But you've got to trust me you got to trust me. You want to know why my horse loves me and does whatever I ask him to do? It's because he trusts me. He trusts me. He knows I'm going to take care of him. And God loves us more than we... He died for each and every one of us. I'm here to tell you, you can trust him. God is just asking you, give me everything you've been hiding. Give me everything you've been hoarding inside of yourself. Just give it to me. Allow me to to work through it. Allow me to work on it. You can trust me. Why don't we stand today? 
You see, a wounded spirit will always hinder the flow of God in your life. A wounded spirit will always shut off the flow. There are some of you today, you've already shut it off in your life. God already began to put tears in your eyes. God already began to work on you. God already began to, 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 to bring up the things that you've been hiding. And you've already shut him off. And there's some of you that you're saying, God, I'm tired of holding it. God, I can't handle it no more. God, I, I need to, I'd rather live. I can't do this on my own anymore, God. I'd rather trust you. I need you. Most of us, when we first came to God, we were in a place where we needed something more than what we had. There's a special element when we are so hungry for a change in our life that we look past all the fear, that we look past all the doubt. When we stop overthinking everything, there's a special element that occurs. It's the same thing that happened with a woman with an issue of blood. She didn't care about the crowd. She didn't care about their opinions. She didn't care about what ifs or maybe nots. But she was so hungry and so desperate that she said, whatever i got to do, I'm going to do it 100%. And I'm going to give this all that I've got. And she pushed through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. He said, I felt virtue leave my body. What is it that you need God to do in your life today? What is it that you've been holding back from God? What is it that you've been trying to take care of on your own? Are you not good enough? Are you too hard on yourself? Can you not forgive yourself? You know, the good thing about God is if you just open your heart, He'll, he'll reveal it to you. But so many times we already know whatever it is that we're struggling with. Whatever it is that's well, I, I, I could if I got my life right today, I'd probably be right back where I am this time next week. It doesn't matter. Give God a chance. Surrender it to God. Surrender yourself to God. Surrender your past. Surrender your circumstances. Surrender the stuff that didn't even make sense to you. Just give it to God problem is we've got to get ourselves out of the equation stop trying to fit you'll never figure God out how many of you ever figured out God how many of you have ever God's ever given you a promise and you just knew how it was going to happen and it worked out that way (laughs) it doesn't do it that it never works that way God gives you a promise you get excited about it And about the time you forget about it, however many years down the road it is, then it comes to pass. And you're like, my God, you are a miracle worker. God is saying, get yourself out of that equation. Quit trying to figure it out on your own. Just trust in me. Just surrender to me. Just let me truly be God. I know your children were kidnapped. I know 
your wives were kidnapped. I know your men that, that, that were misfits from the beginning that you've, you poured yourself into, David. They wouldn't be alive or they wouldn't be here today without you. I know they're turning against you, wanting to stone you, David. But yet here you are asking me what you need to do. That's what we need to do. Don't listen to people that tell you to do something else. You got to just trust in God. Let's raise our hands. Can we do that today? I believe God wants to heal some of our hearts today. God wants to mend some of our hearts today. Some of us were wounded, but God wants to just allow us to be healed and to become broken today. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. God, move on our hearts. God, help us, Lord, to freely surrender, to cast our cares upon you. God, to just give it to you today, God, to allow you to have it all today, God. It didn't make any sense at all. It hurt more than we could ever imagine. I, we felt betrayed. I, I felt overlooked, whatever it may be. Just be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. But whatever God tells you to do, you need to do it. You need to just trust in Him, oh God. I don't understand it, but God, I know you care about me. I know you're close to the brokenhearted. I know you're right next to me right here today. And God, that's where my faith is. My faith isn't in the problem, but my faith is that you're right here and I'm in the midst of your hands. That I'm in the palm of your very hands. Because you're close to the brokenhearted. That's who you are. That's your heartbeat. That's where you are, God. That's who you are. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Let's continue to open our hearts. Let's just surrender to Him. Oh, God, I surrender to you today. God, I surrender my, my hurt, my anguish, uh, my heartache to you today.